As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Every cult has the same goal, the utter submission of its members. Cult members surrender everything. They give up their physical freedom, where they can go, who they can see, how they can dress. But more than that, they give up control of their minds. Cult leaders determine what their followers are allowed to believe, even in their most private thoughts of its members. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Every cult has the same goal, the utter submission of its members. Cult members surrender everything. They give up their physical freedom, where they can go, who they can see, how they can dress. But more than that, they give up control of their minds. Cult leaders determine what their followers are allowed to believe, even in their most private thoughts. In order to do this, cults separate people from all they have known before. They force their members to renounce their former lives, their countries, their customs. They allow no loyalty except to the cult. The first thing they attack always is the family. Families are the main impediment to brainwashing and extremism. That's true in every culture. So if you're going to control individuals, if you're going to transform free people into compliant robots, the first thing you must do is separate them from the ones who love them most. In 1932, Soviet authorities began promoting the story of a 13-year-old peasant boy called Pavlik Morozov. Morozov, they claimed, had taken the supremely virtuous step of denouncing his own father to the secret police for committing counter-revolutionary acts. Once exposed as a traitor, the boy's father was executed by firing squad for the safety of the state. Joseph Stalin elevated this boy to the status of national hero for what he did. People wept in the streets when they heard his name. They worshipped him like a saint. Why are we telling you this? Because it's happening here. In the last 10 days, some of our most prominent citizens have sworn allegiance to a cult. Converts go by the term allies. And like all cult members, they demand total conformity. They ritually condemn their own nation, its history, its institutions, its symbols, its flag. They denounce their own parents. If you've been on social media recently, you've likely seen many videos like this one. You stupid dinosaur! Get the out of here! I'm sorry, you guys. That is a child attacking her mother and father for the crime of insufficient loyalty to Black Lives Matter. Reporter Hannah Lustig of Insider.com wrote about that video, and she strongly approved of it. 
What you just saw, Lustig wrote, is a young person, quote, modeling the most important tenet of allyship. Modeling, meaning something done to encourage others to do the same. It's effective, and in this case, it's working. Here's a 15-year-old from Louisiana called Isabella. There are many like her in America right now. I literally hate my family so much. It's just... They just try to argue with me that George Floyd does like they just trying to tell me that like he, he deserved that because he did something wrong and that it was okay. That is not okay. And it's just making me so upset. I don't know why. I do not want to live here. I don't, I hate living in Louisiana. I hate living around these racist. I just want to leave. I hate my family so much. Just a week ago, it would have been hard to imagine that. Now, Isabella is a social media star. Celebrities tweet their approval at her. She may have her own cult following before long. But the revolution is young. Children attacking their parents is just the beginning. On CNN today, a man called Tim Wise told viewers that going forward, parents must hurt their own children. I think the, the important thing for white parents to keep in the front of our mind is that if black children in this country are not allowed innocence and childhood without fear of being killed by police or marginalized in some other way, then our children don't deserve innocence. If Tamir Rice can be shot dead in a public park playing with a toy gun, something white children do all over this country every day without the same fear of being shot, if Tamir Rice can be killed, then white children need to be told at least at the same age. If they can't be innocent, we don't get to be innocent. Your children are no longer allowed to be innocent, says Tim Wise. Happy childhoods are a sign of racism. The man saying this and being affirmed by CNN's anchors as he does is a self-described anti-racism activist. He's been saying things like this for a long time. More than once, Tim Wise has suggested that he approves of violence against those who disagree. How does Tim Wise make a living? Well, in part, by lecturing students. Your kids may have seen him speak. They've almost certainly heard a lot of people like Tim Wise. In America's schools, the revolution has been in progress for quite some time. Rochester School District in New York has created a Black Lives Matter-themed lesson plan. The teaching materials dismiss America's bedrock institutions, indeed America itself, as inherently racist. Suggested questions for students include, how does mass incarceration function as a mechanism of racialized social control? One specific racial group is singled out for exclusive blame. The curriculum promotes a book entitled White Rage, the Unspoken Truth of Our Racial Divide. In other words, children, there's a reason hatred and inequality exist. These people did it. That's what your kids are learning right now. That's not an overstatement. Yesterday at Darien High School in Connecticut, Principal Ellen Dunn sent an email to parents in which she promised to increase the, quote, race-conscious education of our students. In order to achieve that, Dunn distributed materials from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Now, ironically, the Southern Poverty Law Center is itself a hate group that has been documented extensively. But now their agenda is the school's agenda. It's what your kids are learning. In Washington, D.C., an elementary school principal in the affluent northwest section of the city recently wrote a letter announcing that, quote, we need more white parents to talk to their kids about race, especially now. The letter singled out, quote, white staff and white community members, whom the principal alleged had committed, quote, both macro and microaggressions against staff of color, 
The principal did not specify what those crimes were. She didn't need to. Their skin color was their crime. This is a national theme. It pains us to tell you that, but it's true. It's incredibly destructive and dangerous. Countless school districts are now using the 1619 Project from the New York Times, for example, as a curriculum. That project is the work of an out-of-the-closet racial extremist called Nicole Hannah-Jones. Jones, for example, recently argued, it is not violence to loot and burn stores. It's justified. Her propaganda is now mandatory in public schools in Buffalo, Chicago, Newark, Washington. Many parents, understandably, deeply resent this. It's deranged. It's racist. But others don't. They are allies, and they've joined in. One mother in London, where the cult is also spreading, posted this photo on Twitter. It's of her daughter on bended knee, holding a sign declaring her privilege. The Cultural Revolution has come to the West. What will the effects of this be? This is just a moment. It will end. How will we feel about it looking back? Years from now, how will that little girl with the sign remember her childhood? Her mother took Tim Wise's advice. She no longer has innocence. Will she be grateful for that? It's hard to imagine she will be. More likely, she will feel bitter and used because she has been used. And it's likely that many children growing up right now will feel the same way. Is there a single person who believes that this moment we're living through will end in racial harmony? That used to be what we wanted. Some of us still do want that. Is it even a goal anymore? It doesn't seem like it. Instead, it seems like many in power, it's very clear, in fact, that many in power are pushing hard for racial division, for hatred, for violence. And let's pray they don't get what they want. Tribal conflict will destroy a country faster than any plague. But keep in mind, as this insanity continues, that it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Every action provokes a reaction. That's physics. We don't know where this is going. We don't want to know where it's going. The cult members should stop now, immediately, before more innocents get hurt, and they will if they don't. Matt Walsh is the host of The Matt Walsh Show, and we're happy to have him on the show tonight. So, Matt, before I ask you where this is going, and I'm not even sure I want to know, what do you make of people sacrificing their own children on the altar of this new religion? Well, it's obviously abusive. It's deranged. I mean, it's everything that you said it was. And I think it goes, it goes even, even deeper than that. We have to think about how sick this, how deep this sickness is, that what they're telling their kids and what, what kids have been told in college for decades now, you think about critical race theory and all of that, they're told that white people are inherently racist. So it's, it's, it's part of your nature. There's nothing you can do about it. You're racist no matter what. Uh, other races cannot be racist. You're the only one that, that, that can be, which means that all you can do is admit that you're racist or you can deny it. If you admit it, then you're racist. If you deny it, well, that's exactly what a racist would do. And so it really, it reminds me a lot of like the, you know, the crucible, the witch trials or something where it's, you're accused of being a witch. You can deny it, which is exactly what a witch would do. And that proves you're a witch. Uh, or, or you can admit it, and then you're a witch. And that's, that's kind of what it is with racism now, and that's what kids are being indoctrinated into, and they grow up to be self-hating, um, and, and I think that's by design. I mean, here's the problem with, there's so many problems, but I think most Americans of all colors want to live in a country where your race is not the most important thing about you. In fact, it's mostly irrelevant, right? That was the goal that you and I grew up with, and I still support that. But if you attack people like this, you will, over time, get a reaction. 
And some of those reactions are going to be are going to be ugly. Why would someone want to do that? Why would you want to create a tribalized society, a violent society? What's the point of doing that? Seriously. Well, I, I think that's I think that's right. We know the point, though. I think is control. It's about controlling people, and uh, and you know. But but what's going to happen if you have if you tell people to hate themselves and that they're inherently sick and that there's nothing they can do about it and they're racist and they're bigots? If you hammer that into their heads over and over and over again from a young age. Uh, I, could go, I think it could go to one of two ways. One is that you just submit to it, and then you have a lot of these so-called white allies of the Black Lives Matter protests literally bowing and kneeling before you know, their, their masters in the, uh, in the Black Lives Matter movement. Or it could go the other way, and you're going to have people who go all the way to the other extreme and That's say, right. hey, you're calling, me a, you're calling me a bigot. I might as well just be one. And, um, and I think we're seeing that play out right now in, in, in society as we speak. And it's not going to get better. I think it's only going to get worse, unfortunately. Where, where, okay, so this is all very obvious. There's no, this is a cul-de-sac. This doesn't end with a better society. It ends with something really awful. And that's very obvious. Like, there's nobody who doesn't know that. So where are the adults? Where are the Republican senators, for example? Where are the leaders standing up and saying, you know, no, you have to stop talking like this right now. You're wrecking the country. You're going to get people killed. Stop talking like this. Where are the people who should be saying that? Well, I mean, they're cowering under their bed, I think. They're, they're, they're terrified. This is something I've noticed. You talk about Republicans and conservatives. I mean, even a lot of conservative commentators out there um, have, are, are now too afraid, it seems like, to criticize Black Lives Matter. And that's why when we've seen these riots over the past two weeks, one line that you hear from conservatives a lot is that, well, it's all Antifa doing this. And Antifa, they're the ones, they're the ones rioting and looting. And they are doing it. And Antifa, they yes. are domestic terrorists. But clearly, look, Black Lives Matter has been a violent movement from its inception. Did we forget about Ferguson? Did we forget about Baltimore? Did we, exactly did we forget right. about Dallas? You know, five cops were executed in Dallas. That was before Antifa had risen to prominence. You can't blame that on Antifa. Uh, but what's happening is that there's this sanitization of Black Lives Matter and their ideology, their, their tenets, um, that's happening even on the right. And so if the right is buying into it, then uh, I, I don't know where we go from there. In a moment of crisis, cowardice is a sin, and there are a lot of cowards out there. I, I think we should remember their names and, and never give them authority again, and I hope you, Matt, will help remember their names, because I, I think you know, it really matters to hold them accountable at some point. But thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you. David Dorn is not a name on the lips of our leaders this week. It should be. Dorn served his community for almost 40 years as a police officer. Even half after he retired, he continued to help others. Last weekend, Dorn was in St. Louis trying to protect a friend's store from looters, and he was murdered for doing it. This country ought to remember Dorn. He represents the best of America. Instead, his name has been shoved down the memory hole. The media would like him forgotten immediately so they can go back to inflaming hateful violence across our nation. We should not let that happen. He was not the only victim, by the way, of these riots, and not the only victim who has been forgotten. We think that's a shame. On Twitter, former White House speechwriter Darren Beatty, and good for him, has been keeping track of the casualties of this rioting, and we want to read some of them to you because it's important to remember people who've been killed. More than just one, many. David Patrick Underwood was a Federal Protective Service officer in California. A week ago, he was shot to death. We don't know who killed him. He was protecting a federal building in Oakland. One of his colleagues was also critically injured in that shooting. Italia Marie Kelly was just 22 years old. 
She was attending a George Floyd-related protest in Davenport, Iowa. She became uncomfortable with the direction of that protest, understandably. She got in her car to leave, and she was killed by a stray bullet, shot dead. Jose Gutierrez was a bystander. He was watching as others looted the Chicago suburb of Cicero. For being there, he was shot in the head and killed by this man, Zion Haygood. That's what police say. Another victim in Cicero, Illinois, was Victor Cesares Jr. He was 27. He was shot to death outside a grocery store. No one remembers his name. We should. In Minneapolis, Francisco Montiel, who was 46, was found dead next to a burned-out car. Police attributed his death to, quote, complex homicidal violence. That's obvious. He was a casualty of the riots. At least three people were murdered during the violence in Indianapolis. One of them was 38-year-old former Indiana football player Chris Beatty. He was found shot to death just outside his apartment. An unnamed Latino man in his 20s was also killed on Sunday in Los Angeles in an area that was completely demolished by rioters. And, of course, those are just the ones who were killed. Probably not an exhaustive list. If you know more, please send them to us. Thousands have been hurt, maimed, financially ruined, brain damaged over the past week. Dozens of those are police officers. They were injured trying to protect the public. One of them is Las Vegas police officer Shay McLanus. He was shot during the riot on Monday. The man who shot him says it was an accident. He was just trying to scare away rioters. We don't know the truth, but the man took a bullet to the head. The police officer did. Every one of those people deserves to be remembered. But instead, again, they are forgotten, and they're forgotten on purpose. The press would like these protests to go down in history as mostly peaceful. They're not, and they're not in part because CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, and many others have been inflaming racial tensions around the country. They're inciting violence. They don't care about the consequences. The rest of us should care. Those are human beings, they're Americans, and now they're gone. And you know who did it? The people on our streets. They should be held accountable for what they did. Well, for months and months, you'll remember, our leaders made it illegal for you to protest anything, even to go to church. The coronavirus lockdowns were enforced. But now that our streets are overrun with Black Lives Matter protests and riots, they've changed their minds. Your protests are still illegal. They're racist. The ones destroying our country? Essential. We'll tell you what they said after the break. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.